Hey, Funky Junkies. This is your girl, Renee Morris, the Chief Curl Officer of Uncle Funky's Daughter. And I am so excited to be with you guys today. It's April, it's spring, and everyone has probably gotten through at least a start of their New Year's resolutions. One of your New Year's resolutions may have been getting a new gig. And if that is for you, then I want to give you some tips. And the reason I want to do that is because we have been growing a lot. We've been doing a lot of interviewing and I'm seeing some things in the marketplace that I want to tell you all about. So let's talk about it, shall we? So one, not only am I interviewing for my company, I'm also conducting interviews for a couple of uh, searches that I sit on, organizations I sit on the board of. And so I feel like, and I also, just for context, used to interview and recruit in my former life uh, as a management consultant in, in other companies. So I've hired a lot of people. I've interviewed a lot of people. I've looked at a lot of resumes. It's crazy. But I feel like I'm a little qualified in this space to give some counseling and some coaching. So I want to share with you what I know, what my experiences are as my phone goes off in the background. And hopefully I can part some tidbits and pieces of advice that can resonate with someone. And this may not be a popular episode and what you may be about to hear from me may not be popular for some of you because you may have seen a lot of stuff on social media, on television, et cetera. And the reason I wanted to do this also is not just because of what I'm seeing. It's also what I've been hearing on social media. So there's this whole movement around all about me, me, me. And I will want to be the first to say is, guys, that's not a sustainable model. The world does not evolve around you. I hate to say it, wake up call, but the world does not evolve around you. It doesn't even evolve around. It doesn't evolve around me. I wish it did. But sometimes I just got to buck up buttercup and get my butt up and go get stuff done. Right. And so, and some of that is stuff that I don't want to do. That's a whole nother podcast. Today, we're going to talk about job searches, interviewing, et cetera. And, and the reason I'm saying that the world isn't all about you is because I feel like some of that mentality has been brought into interviewing. And let me show you how, and I'll let me give you some examples. Number one, when you're going out to interview, you are putting your best brand out there. No one knows you. They don't know what you stand for. They don't know what your goals are. Your interview is that first impression. Your resume is actually your very, very, very first impression. So you want that resume to be as tight as possible when you walk in that door. And what do I mean by that? I have seen resumes that are poorly formatted. Looks are everything. If you don't know how to do it, get a friend who wants to learn a little bit more about Adobe, whatever format you use, or PowerPoint, Word. My resume is in Word. It's very clean. It's very simple. I've had one. It's probably looked the same since I was in college. It's not graphically formatted where it's got pretty colors and all that stuff because I'm a business person. It's business background. So it's very clean. If I were creative and I was looking for a creative job, maybe it has a bunch of color and graphics and stuff around it. But my resume personally does not. Yes, I still have a resume, even though I own a company. So one, make sure that formatting is tight. Get a friend to help you if that's not what you do. Number two, please, 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 please check the spelling on your resume. Check the grammar on your resume. I have had so many resumes come my way 
where there are typos, spelling errors, grammatically incorrect language on it, just make sure that the person that's reading it for the first time isn't going to find that on your resume. Because you know what that says is that it tells them that you don't care about your brand when you didn't take the time to read your resume to make sure that there are no errors in it. And if you read it and you think there are no errors in it, give it to your cousin, your brother, your sister, your mother, your father, someone who hasn't read it and have them to read it word for word and make sure that there are no errors in it and make sure that they're reading it, not glancing through it. Because most people, if you glance through it, you're not going to find the errors. You have to read every word. I used to be a copy. I've done a lot of stuff. I copy edited before. When I'm copy editing, one of the rules they will tell you is read it backwards if you're looking for spelling errors, because your brain is in tune to read and assume certain things. And so oftentimes you might read it and you may not notice that the is spelled T-E-H and not T-H-E because your brain is just so accustomed to knowing that that word is the. So another trick of the trait is to read your resume backwards. Number two. So what's your story? Or the sub part of number one, what is your story? Make sure that your resume is telling the story that it wants to tell. One of the things that I've been seeing, frankly, a lot of, and this goes into a little bit once you land the job, is that there are a lot of younger generations, sometimes even older generation folks out there that are moving from job to job every two years. You may read it as upward mobility, You may read it as a diversity experiences. The people that are hiring, you may read it as non-committal or maybe not necessarily effectively great at what they're doing. Because if you think about how long it takes, when you first get a job, it takes you about six months to get to know it, sometimes even a year. So people will give you that first year to kind of get up and running. In that second year, is when they start to have your expectations of, okay, you've been here for a year, you should know this, right? And if you're not up to snuff by that second year, sometimes people either let go or there's a mutually agreed upon exit, right? If you're changing jobs every two years, someone's going to wonder, is it because of that reason? Or is it because that person gets bored quickly or has higher expectations than what the job allows. I'll get to that, what I mean by that in a second. So you've got your resume, you've got your story. If you're hopping around jobs, make sure you understand, you can tell the why you've done that. Make sure that story has some connective tissue. I've asked people that question and frankly, you'd be surprised at the number of people that cannot give me a great answer as to why they've moved from job to job. I had someone tell me I left because after 30 days, it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. You were there for 30 days. (laughs) You didn't even give it a chance to figure out if it was what it was going to be. So for me, that person was a huge red flag because it takes a lot of time. It takes money. It takes effort. It takes resources to hire someone and bring them up to speed. So I'm not going to invest in you when you just left somebody else's job after 30 days, right? And so just think about those things as you're thinking about that next job. Even if you land a job and you don't like it, stay for a year. Don't be that person that gives up after 30 days. Just stay for a year so you have some time on your resume. There may be another job in the same company that you can pivot to that may be a better fit for you. And then you've got a different story on your resume. 
Okay. So, and, and oh, by the way, this person left the job after 30 days with no other job in hand. They must have a really good trust fund, some really wealthy parents, some something, because my mother would have told me to get my ass back to work. <laughs> so just say, I'm just saying, that's your resume. And I know this is a pet peeve of mine. I don't know if y'all can tell, but I've been going through these resumes. I've been interviewing people and I'm just like, I just need to share my story or these, my testimony. Now you go from resume, you've got that tight resume, you've landed the interview. Before the interview happens, do your research. Do your research on the company. Do the research on the CEO. Do the research on the person that you're going to interview. Who's the company's competitors? Are they a publicly traded company? If they're a publicly traded company, that means they have an annual report. Go out and download the annual report. It is free. It's on their website. Read the letter from the CEO that's on the annual report. Why? Because that's going to have how they've been performing, what their strategy is over the next few years, what they think the market outlook looks like. It's kind of a marketing message to shareholders, to the world. And you want to be able to read that. And that'll give you great context. If they're not publicly traded and they're privately traded like me, look for articles like my company, look for articles that have been written about the company, about the CEO, about the brand. Look at their Instagram page. Look at their competitor's Instagram page. Look to see if you can figure out what other people are saying in the community about them. What's on their website about their strategy, their vision? What have, have they posted any news releases lately on their website? Make sure you're ready with three very strategic, broad questions for the people that you're going to be interviewing with. And then three very specific questions relative to your job. And so let me give an example. If they talked about the strategy, a three-year growth strategy, either on their website or in a news article or something, can you tell me how the progress has been against your three-year growth strategy? What lessons you've learned as you kind of grow the company? Do you see yourself pivoting from that strategy? Those are types of questions you can ask broad in an interview and then go a little bit deeper. What if I am interviewing for the marketing director for a company? Can you tell me a little bit about what you see as the vision for the marketing department, your personal vision, and what you're looking for in your next marketing director? So talk a little bit about broadly, because that tells the company or the interviewer that you can think strategically. And then ask specifically and tactically about your role. Don't get too tactical, but but think strategic. People want to know that they've got thinkers that they are hiring, right? Not just doers, but thinkers. Number three, on the day of the interview, look at your outfit. I don't know what is going on in the world today, but I have had too many people walk into my building casually dressed for a professional interview. I'm going to repeat. I have had too many people walking into my building casually dressed for an interview. Dress not how you think they go to work every day or how you think you're going to go every day. You're there to get the interview. You don't work there yet. So if they're business casual, you need to be in a suit. If they're jeans and a t-shirt, at a minimum, you're in some khakis and a polo. You are dressed a level above them. They should be impressed when you walk through the door. I'm not saying that the guy who is interviewing for the shipping department 
needs to have on a suit. I am saying the guy in the shipping interviewing for a role in the shipping department should have on hmm, some khakis and a nice polo or some jeans and a nice polo. But please don't come in looking like I had somebody come in and some flip-flops. I am not joking. Or some sandals. I am not joking. Do not wear flip-flops. Do not wear Uggs. Do not wear sandals. I don't care if those sliders are Nike, Gucci, Louis Vuitton. I don't care. Do not wear sliders to an interview. It is completely unprofessional. Y'all are going to be laughing at me because y'all think that some of y'all might think this is funny. Like there is no way somebody did that. Yes, they did, ma'am. And if you have a 20-something year old, because a lot of these people have been 30 and below, if you have a child, let them listen to this. Please let them listen to this because I do not want to see your child walking up in somebody else's interview casually dressed. You are not interviewing for the job that you want. You're interviewing two levels above. That's the way I think about it. And so if you are trying to get the social media manager or the social media director, think about the marketing director or the marketing VP and dress for that part. Come in your finest at church attire. If that's the, come with the best you got. And if the best you got is a pair of jeans and a polo, great, bring it on. But I literally had a guy who graduated from a Texas university come in with a PhD, come into my office with some khakis and a polo shirt. And I was like, oh no, you don't have the job, sir. You're not coming to work. You're interviewing for the job. I mean, there are some things that are just basic staples that in my mind should not go away. Maybe I'm getting too old and mature in my age, but there should be some decorum still as we prepare for interviews. Let's not, again, it's not about you. It is about you getting the job. It is about you impressing the person and then getting the job. Once you get the job, then you come to work in your khakis and your polo or your sliders, if that's what the company dress policy allows. But don't make assumptions about what is the company dress policy, what the company dress policy is as you're going to an interview. Now you got your outfit. And please, oh, by the way, for ladies, neck below is important. Neck up is equally important. I have a hair products company. Beauty is everything. So if you're interviewing for a hair products company, shouldn't you comb your hair? I'm just saying. And I'm not, this may be sound, this may sound crass. But I am not going to, even if I'm going to pull it back into a tight bun, if I don't feel like combing my hair, I am going to pull it back into a tight bun. If my, you can't get my Afro puff into a bun, I'm going to pull it back into a little Afro puff in the back. But it's going to be neat and orderly and tidy. Just saying. I know this is not going to be popular. Y'all might even curse me out. Y'all might say that I am being biased or something. But no, I'm just having standards about, I don't care what color you are. I don't care what you look like. I just want you to come dressed and ready and take the job seriously. Take the interview seriously. Next thing, when you get to the interview, what are you taking? Y'all, this may sound basic, y'all, but I'm telling you, I'm saying this because people are doing this. They're coming to the interview without these things. They come with no resume. They come with no pen. They come with no notebook. They come with no list of questions. They are not prepared whatsoever. They're sitting there having a conversation with just their iPhone in their hand or Samsung and just sitting at the table. They have no pen. They have no no place, no way to take notes. If, if they had a question for me, they have nothing. 
they don't even, I'll say, I'll walk in intentionally without a resume and say, hey, do you have a copy of resume? Oh no, but I have it on my phone. That's not going to do me any good. That's not going to do you any good. Yes, we live in a world that is soft copy everything, but you should go in old school with a copy of your resume in case the person was unprepared. I've already seen your resume. I've read it. I already know who you are, but don't assume that. Maybe I'm that busy CEO who's come from place to place to place to place. And I just walked in and I haven't had time to take a look at it. Or maybe I did take a look at it, but I lost it in this pile of stuff. If y'all saw my desk, on my desk, or maybe my assistant lost and she couldn't replace, she couldn't find it. And I said, oh, don't worry. I'm sure they have one. And I walked in and said, hey, do you have a copy of resume with you? Oh, I'm sorry. I don't. Oh, okay. It's just a piece of paper. Bring the piece of paper with you. Bring a notebook of some sort with you. You don't have to have the resume out. Be great if you did. But have that notebook out. Have that pen out. Be ready to take notes. Because people are going to tell you about their vision. People are going to tell you about their strategy. People are going to tell you about what they expect from you. They're going to give you all of that feedback. And they're going to be looking for you to take notes about it. Okay. And again, going back to the list of questions, write those questions down. Don't have them in your head. Write the questions down. I tell this to my son all the time, but he's only 12. But I'm just saying, have your list of questions. And I'm still drilling it in him. He still thinks he can put everything in his head and he's going to remember it. Take notes. People like to know. It's less about you as it is about what it means to the person. When you are taking notes, when someone is talking, that tells them that you are listening, that you are taking in. What they are telling you is important to you. It's so important that you're going to write that down. So last thing, don't do the canned answers. Practice, 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 practice your questions, but be ready to give a response and go deeper in that response. We've had a lot of people that we've interviewed and they'll give us, we'll ask them a question. What do you think you're going to get most out of this job? Or what, what's your proudest moment or something like that? And they'll give us this answer. And then when we ask a second level question, they can't go or respond to that second level question. And so make sure that you know your story well enough that you can go a little deep into your resume. Otherwise, it makes your experience sound inauthentic, not valid, right? And people start to question whether or not you really did something. Always, always, always have the ability to talk about the impact you made, not we. Think about, talk about what you did in that interview. All right, I'm off my interview bandwagon. My last one, y'all. <laughs> Can you see that? I'm, I'm like, I feel like I've been, maybe I got PTSD, I don't know. But now that you've landed that job, it's time to impress, right? You are in a new job. You have no idea. You're learning the company. You're learning the people. You're learning your role. That's going to take some investment of your time. And that's okay. How do you do that? Back in the day, I was telling my team, I was like, I used to, I, in management consulting, I was always, we were always the last people to leave. Our clients, was long, our clients were long gone. Our consulting team was still there. So I have a work ethic that's completely flawed, skewed. I mean, it's crazy, right? Because I will work until two o'clock in the morning if something is due. I'm not saying that is what you do. 
What I am saying is that you invest in you, you invest in that company. You put the hours in, you are one of the first people there in the morning. You're one of the last people to leave, at least after your boss leaves. I used to, when I worked at this one company, I would work at work. But I worked out every day at like, I don't know, seven o'clock or something like that at this class. There were people that would leave at like 4.59, 5.01. Like the minute the clock hit five o'clock, they were out the doors like clockwork. And maybe they had commitments and we had story. Everybody has a story, right? But that can't be you in that first few months in your job because you don't know what you're doing. So invest in you, invest in your brand, invest in the company, get to know, spend the extra hours to get to know your job. I'm not saying you're sitting there doing nothing and do, making face time. I'm saying you're sitting there adding value. I tell my team all the time, I don't care the hours you work. I care about what you produce. I care about the value that you bring at the table. I don't care where you create that value as long as you create the value. If you're working from home, work from home. If you're working at the office, work at the office. But as long as we don't miss a deadline, that's the most important thing. And so just make sure that when you hit that company, that you're very clear on what your expectations are. You've got the tools that you need, that you've got the training that you need. And again, if you get there and it's not quite what you thought it was going to be, don't make a quick exit. Put the time in. Maybe you can make it what you want it to be, right? And if you've put the time in and it's a year later and it's still not what you want it to be, what are the options? Can you pivot to a different role inside the company? Possibly so, because you've been in the current role for a year. If you can't find anything in the company, there's not an opportunity to grow laterally or vertically, and you know you need to leave, put the time in and make sure you that next fit is the right fit. Don't take the job because it's the job. Sometimes you need to because you need some cash flow, right? And I get that. I respect that. We got to do what we got to do to pay some bills. But keep in mind, going back to that resume, the story that you're going to be telling on your resume. Because if you're consistently leaving a company after every two years, maybe the problem isn't the companies that you've been hiring, you've been um, hired by. Maybe it's you. Maybe you're making the wrong decision for the wrong reasons when you're accepting jobs at companies. Maybe your evaluation criteria needs to be changed because companies have their evaluation criteria. They're hiring you because you've checked some boxes. You've got the right fit. You've got the right skills. You've got the right motivation. You've got the right level of initiative, leadership skills. They see the potential in you, but maybe you're missing something in your evaluation of the company and the job and what you need and what you're looking for. So just make sure as you're starting to self-reflect and get ready for those interviews that you know what you're looking for and then the company checks your boxes just as much as you check theirs. And that's why you wanna ask those questions. All right, I am off my soapbox. I hope, I really hope that this episode of the chat box helps someone. And I hope I struck a nerve because maybe it'll create some dialogue <laughs> that's much needed because I am seeing a change in how people show up for their personal brand when they're doing a job search. And I want that to stop. And I have definitely seen it in people of color and I want it to stop. So thank you for listening. I appreciate it. I am off my soapbox. I'm sorry for my tirade. Sorry, not sorry. Uh, again, I hope you guys, this is helpful for someone out there.
and share it with your friends if you think you know someone that this is speaking to. I'm just saying. Have a great day, Funky Junkies. Love you all. And we'll talk to you guys soon. Until next time.